Hey there, welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. Uh, I'm your not-host, Evan. And I'm your other not-host, Ronnie. On Ending Pending, we tackle television shows that have only lasted a single season. We are tackling our second show now, The Dresden Files. Ooh. Ooh. Sorry. Sorry, did you guys hear that? What? Did you guys hear that? It was There's there's ghosties because this episode's coming out on Halloween. Oh, that was that what that's that, what that noise was. was. That, okay. Woo! Okay, mm. continue. Oh, Halloween. There's going to be jump scares on this episode is what I'm saying. Bam! Ah! That was that was a jump scare. Spooky. Anyway, uh, now that we're done torturing our audience, uh, I got a question for you guys before we get into Dresden Files. Let's do it. What would be your Hogwarts house, and what would be your Patronus? Are we going with what we know our Hogwarts house of Patronus is, thanks to Pottermore.com? You can have it be whatever you want. If Pottermore yeah. didn't have your option, you can for Patronus, that is, you can say it's whatever. Okay, I mean, I I will go with Pottermore on my Hogwarts house, because there's not there's no joke to be made. I live... I live as a Hufflepuff. I die as a Hufflepuff. You can't huffle this puff. I'm acutely aware of the fact that this podcast is two Hufflepuffs and a Slytherin. Me being the Slytherin. I was in denial about my Slytherin status for a very long time because, you know, Slytherins are all edgelords or whatever. But um, Pottermore told me the first time that I was a Slytherin. Then when uh, Pottermore reinvented itself... Uh, I was, again, a Slytherin. I was convinced that whole time that I was actually a Ravenclaw. But um, sort of the more I've grown and matured, the more I've realized that, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty much a Slytherin. Pottermore is right. How dare they? And I'm a Hufflepuff. Andy, um, can we just, just take a second? What is, uh, did Pottermore say that? I just want to make sure in my pa- notes. Potter- Pottermore did say that. Oh, oh, did they? They did. Did, did Pottermore say that in the year uh, 2016? When they revamped um, the test and made it more accurate? Um, you know, I'd, I'd have to check my schedule. Sure, I'm not exactly sure. sure <laughs> yeah. But I'm a, I'm a Hufflepuff. All, all the and way you know through? What? You know what? Pottermore doesn't have an option to ask the hat. <laughs> and I would have requested Hufflepuff via the hat. Right. And because the hat is a lazy piece of shit and just takes requests, <laughs> it would have given it to me. Sure, sure. That's true. So so no, no Gryffindor blood in you at all is what you're saying? Uh, do you just want this podcast to be me and Evan? Because we can just make this podcast be and Evan. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, you are, are my, a... you are my Hufflepuff brother. So then, Patronus is. Um, I'll start. My Patronus would 100% be uh, Appa, the Sky Bison from Avatar: The Last Airbender. <laughs> oh, that's good. I think that sums up like who I am as a person and a character, and he would be my protector. I've never given any thought at all to what my Patronus is. Actually, probably something creepy crawly. Probably Your, a bug or a... Yours would be a spider or a fox, I feel like. I feel like both kind of sum up who you are as a person. I'll accept that. You, you, you spindly boy. Spindly boy. <laughs> I, I always have, like, related most with, like, a sloth. Just kind of, <laughs> like, chilling in the trees and, like, occasionally I'll move, but I don't really have to. That's um, that's the creature that you have chosen to keep you safe from evil. I, see, that's the thing. I don't like not to say that all Hufflepuffs are not the most effective magic users, but I'm certainly like I fit the stereotype that I probably would not be a super effective magic user. So it would make sense that my Patronus would just kind of be like, "Go," and the Dementors would just kind of like sidestep around it to come give me a big <laughs> old kiss. So now that we've gotten all the Harry Potter stuff out of the way. <laughs> Let's talk about our other favorite wizard named Harry, Harry Dresden. This is an interesting question that I had. Andy, is, is this, is Harry Dresden your second favorite wizard named Harry? I actually, uh, I like Dresden better than I like Harry Potter I as a character. As, yeah, well, as, as a yeah, person. Yeah, as, as, as a person. The books came at like different points in my life for me, and they both kind of like really became an obsession for me. And so... It, it's tough to say which book series I like better, but um, I do like Harry Dresden as a character better than Harry Potter. Yeah, I'm fairly new to the Dresden Files. I'm on, I think, book four. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, I've been listening to them in audiobook format, so it's harder to 
recall exactly where one ends and the other begins, but I'm pretty sure I'm towards the end of book four. Maybe it's because I'm an adult now also, but I, I also like Harry Dresden as a character a lot, mostly because he's a garbage person. Yeah. Like, he's just more interesting. I was, I was going to say, not a, it's, it's not a, a good thing, but I relate to Harry Dresden a bit more. Um, yeah. Because I'm also a bit of a garbage adult. So Evan just said he's on book four. I'm a super fan of the book series. Uh, I've read them all more than once. I've played tabletop games. I've read the comics. There's a Dresden um, tabletop game? There's multiple Dresden tabletop games. Oh, wow. Yeah. There, uh, there's a new card game that just came out that I really want to get, but I haven't yet because money's. And uh, I've read them all. I've listened to them all on audiobook, which you should definitely do because James Marsters does an amazing job narrating. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm an I'm an Uber fan. Ronnie, what's your what's your relationship to the Dresden Files as a whole? I until we decided to do Dresden Files, the TV show, hadn't didn't know that Dresden Files was a thing or that it okay. was a book series. I feel like those Harry Potter fans that are like, I love Harry Potter. And then I'm like, oh, what book do you like most? Like, there's books? Like, <laughs> I feel like that right now, and I'm a little embarrassed. Um, but I very, very much enjoy the genre of, like, modern fantasy wizards doing cool stuff. Basically, if you put wizards in it, then I'm on board. Then, like, you're, then you're intrigued. Yeah. Wizards of Waverly Place, that show had some background. That show had some lore going on that I enjoyed. Um, wizards... I thought I could think of more examples of wizard stuff, but, I, but I'm fresh out, I guess. That's fair. Well, I think you just like magic. Like yeah, you were definitely exactly. really intrigued by the magical aspects when we reviewed the river. Right, and I like I like lore, I like world building, and I like the limitations of magic. Like what magic can do, what magic can't do. That's mm, my, my my favorite favorite parts of like Dungeons and Dragons stuff like that. Ronnie, you're really gonna love this book series if you if you oh, dive into it. I'm gonna have yeah. to. But, Let's uh, let's start talking about the show then now. Now that we've co- kind of covered our biases, I feel like um, yeah. let let's let's dive into the show. Yeah, I'll give you a little little synopsis. Um, so in episode one, we are introduced to our I guess hero. I guess protagonist <laughs> um, at the Harry, very least. Our, yes, our protagonist, Harry Dresden. There's a brief flashback about his childhood with his dad. His dad was a magician, not a wizard. We learn that his mother died in some kind of mysterious, tragic circumstance. Uh, And now, in the modern day, he is a practicing wizard in Chicago, um, offering his services to people on a contract basis. Everything else is pretty much the same. This is pretty much an analog of our world, just like with magic dropped in there, and most people still are unwilling to believe that it exists. So he's a practicing wizard in effectively modern Chicago. Um, In the first episode, he's approached by a tiny little boy with a huge stack of money. Uh, And the little boy says, there's monsters after me, please help. And Harry's like, where'd you get that money, child? A question that's never answered. And, (laughs) um, (laughs) And then tells him to go away, basically. I'm not taking your money, small child, go away. You're just scared of something under the bed. Um, the child insistently pursues him, uh, insisting that there are scary monsters after him. So Harry says, fine, whatever, kid, have this protective ward. He comes to his house. He makes this protective ward for his bedroom. In spite of the protective ward, he gets kidnapped by what appears to be bird men. Everyone's trying to figure out then Harry and Bob, human Bob, his ghost friend who lives in a skull he's got this like advisor named bob who is a ghost i guess but anyway harry and bob are like why are these bird men trying to kidnap this kid what's what's going on here what this doesn't make any sense there was a ward like if they were evil they couldn't have kidnapped him uh so it turns out that the bird men aren't actually the evil ones here they are trying to protect him because this child was adopted, and he's a member of their bird clan or something like that. And the actual baddie that's actually after him is this thing called a skinwalker, which can literally take people's skin off and wear it like the bug alien from Men in Black, but much more effectively. Um, and so the skinwalker is after him because I guess he has magical abilities. And um, It's not very... 
very explained. Yeah, it's not explained because nothing the, is explained. There's, I mean, there's other people who have magical abilities, and so we don't know if the skinwalker's after him because he's he's a bird man or because he's. I think magic. it was because he was a shitty actor, and so they just like <laughs> the skinwalker was like, "Fuck this child actor," but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so Harry defeats the skinwalker, and the child goes back to his adopted mother, and the birdmen carry on watching over him. In episode two, uh, Harry is asked by this gentleman to figure out why the ghost of his daughter is haunting his shop. Several days ago, uh, there was a robbery at, the, at this gentleman's shop. His daughter was killed, an Egyptian tablet was stolen... Um, and the guy who killed the young girl and stole the Egyptian tablet was killed in a carjacking as he attempted to escape. And the Egyptian tablet was smashed in the process. They presumed that he dropped it. Harry is trying to figure out why the ghost of this girl is haunting this um, shop, because typically ghosts only hang around if they have something left to do, if they want revenge or something like that. That's usually the case. They want revenge, or they feel like justice hasn't been done. And it's peculiar because, as far as they know, the guy who killed this girl is also dead. So Harry goes asking the uh, the guy who was carjacked uh, what happened, how this guy died, like what exactly the tablet was. And he notices that the guy, he is the guy, the victim of the carjacking has a bunch of Egyptian stuff around his house and has a weird Egyptian tattoo. And he's like, that's a weird coincidence that the guy was stealing this Egyptian tablet and then the guy he carjacked happens to be an Egypt fanatic. Let's dig into this. The robber slash carjacker used the tablet to invoke some kind of power that allows him to jump into another person's body at the moment of his death. So he stole the tablet, uh, invoked the power of the tablet, smashed it, and then body hopped into the guy that he carjacked. So the guy that he carjacked is in fact the killer, just in a new body now. As soon as they confront the guy about this, he jumps into the body of um, Chicago police officer, what's her first name? Lieutenant Murphy. Karen Murphy. Yeah, I was going to say Catherine Murphy. Karen Murphy who's a close friend of Dresden's, and he has to frantically figure out how to get this bad guy out of Murphy's body without killing her. Um, so he somehow absorbs the, the power of the tablet into his body, and then when Murphy touches him, uh, the, the guy is forced out of her body, and the little girl's soul goes to rest, and everything's fine. This is also not super well explained how he... Like, his body physically took on the powers of the tablet. But, I digress. Uh, Episode 3 is about werewolves. They find in a park the body of a dead girl who she's had her canine teeth and chunks of her hair removed. And they also find the, the blood of an unknown male in this park. And Harry brings human Bob by. And... They determine what the the human male looks like uh, because of magical powers. Uh, Bob just, like, touches it and, like, this is what the guy looks like. And then he touches the girl's blood. And they determine that she's a werewolf. And they're like, whoa, this is weird. She's the werewolf, but the dude's the guy who ended up dead. What's happening? Was he hunting this werewolf? Why did he take her teeth and hair? What's going on? Meanwhile, the FBI turns up at the... Chicago Police Department and says, you guys are handling this murder terribly. You're doing a terrible job. We're taking over. They promptly then arrest Harry as a suspect because he apparently has the same silver powder in his apartment that was found on the girl's body, the werewolf girl who died. Turns out that the female FBI agent is a werewolf. The male FBI agent is her lover. And in the mythology of this particular, you know, werewolf lore, um, if you kill nine werewolves that primary werewolf has turned, then primary werewolf turns back into a human. So they have been working in tandem. She turns people into werewolves. He then kills the werewolves so that she can ultimately turn back into a human. And in the last scuffle, 
when they're they're confronted about their their evil deeds she accidentally kills him and he is the ninth werewolf and she turns back into a human tragic but yeah so that's the first three episodes of the dresden files and they had absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with the plot of any of the books I'm curious about that. I want to I want to know more about that. We could spend some time talking about that. But before we do, uh I got to ask Evan, what was successful about these 3 episodes of The Dresden Files? I have a I have a confession to make. I have a a small blasphemy to confess, and that is that uh I did not hate this show as much as I thought I would. <gasps> um <gasps> I know. Um like I said, it has nothing whatsoever in the vaguest way at all to do with the books. They basically just sort of took a, a very broad shot at the concepts and kind of took the characters' same names and just wrote a whole different entity completely. Um, but that said, it's it's kind of got the like campy monster of the week uh not quite horror thing that like say supernatural has going for it and i didn't particularly like supernatural but it has elements that are fairly interesting and fun uh paul blackthorne is a great actor and is just sort of very very funny and very dismissive and very he plays the character well he's he's kind of an asshole but like in a lovable way the format that they chose is is a pretty good one because you don't really have to follow the thread from one episode to the next which i like about shows in general i can watch them casually without having to remember all kinds of plot stuff so as a as a casual viewing show i actually quite liked it on a conceptual level also, it was just bad enough that it was campy enough that it was entertaining, I think. It wasn't, like, uh, bad in a way that made me angry. Like, the special effects were kind of bad, but it was almost funny because the show didn't take itself that seriously. So, yeah, overall, I didn't mind it. Andy, what was successful about these uh, episodes of Dresden Files for you? Uh, <laughs> fuck this show. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say like right off the bat I, I hate cinema sins and uh, the kind of like overly negative nitpicking and reviews of shit in order to get views because angry reviews get more likes and so I'm gonna try really hard to talk about things I liked about this show okay. it's rough it's rough to get through for me I love Paul Blackthorne as Harry that's top-notch casting. He is a great Harry Dresden. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got that roll-down pat. I love the prop department for this show. The The shield bracelet looks really good. Bob's skull, even though for some reason he doesn't live in it, looks really good. In In the books, by the way, Bob is not a ghost. He's an air, He's an air spirit. And so the fact that he has a human body is incredibly unsettling and weird. Yeah, that's uh, why I kept saying human Bob. I, I don't... I don't it, it, like makes, it makes no sense. Anyway, I kind of like the idea that they made Justin Dumourne Harry's evil wizard mentor, his uncle. Mm-hmm. It's uh, just an added connection that seems to fit really well. Uh, the guy playing Justin sucks and is garbage, but the, the fact that he's Harry's uncle is, is, is kind of a cool touch. Gives it a bit of a uh, Hamlet feel. I liked the Egyptian episode-ish. It it got the ghost lore kinda, kinda all right. <laughs> and uh, the Egyptian stuff was kinda cool, even if it wasn't explained very well. And yeah, uh, Harry's Jeep is a thing that exists. Um, In the books, it's a, a it's really shitty um, Volkswagen, a Volkswagen Beetle. Beetle. Yeah. yeah, it's a really shitty, beat up, rusty Volkswagen. And so Beetle. I think they wanted to kind of like up Harry's cool factor, so they gave him a Jeep because Jeeps are, you know, kind of inherently Rugged. masculine. But at least they got the time period right that it's like a '70s Jeep. There you go, show. The best thing I can say about this show is that it is not trying to duplicate any of the books. 
mm-hmm. because I can't stand when like certain adaptations just try to do the exact same thing as the books did. Like even even Lord of the Rings, uh, the Peter Jackson movies didn't try to completely duplicate the the books, and there were enough differences that there was stuff if you had read them that you could like enjoy and be surprised about and enjoy something new. And uh, I really felt like if I was going to make a Dresden's Files TV show, I wouldn't try to duplicate the books. I would just have all of the characters be essentially who they are, and I would keep the lore the same, but I would tell new stories. And I I think the best thing I can say about this show, besides Paul Blackthorne, is that it's at least trying to tell new stories. It's just a shame that they mismanaged the source material as badly as they did. And is there anything else that I can say was positive? No, no, the rest <laughs> of it's garbage. Um, that's what I liked. There you go. Um, for me, and I have already told you guys about this, and I know that it's gonna it's gonna draw some criticism. I have no connection to the books. I have no idea what goes on in those books. I like Human Bob. Oh. I do. I I'm think gonna have that, like, to. I'm gonna I, have I, to destroy you, Ronnie. I know. No, I understand. I understand. I, I, I would try to think earlier about how the show would be with just a disembodied voice, kind of being the, the, the co-pilot on oh, some of but, these things. But his yeah. jaw moves, and he has little lights in his eyes. He makes expressions. He like that would yeah, that would he look. bounces and, around. And can like, I also say that like, Show Bob is is like Alfred from Batman. Like he's a bit like of a butler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bob in the books is uh, is an overly sarcastic douchebag cornball, like um, really, really horny, and kind of a pervert, and just like has no time for Harry. It's just always giving Harry a hard time. Yeah, his and, his sorry, and like ahead. they they have a friendship, like they 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 do like get along, but like the nature of their relationship is them like teasing each other. And so even though Bob doesn't have like a body to like show character and stuff, he's so over the top and animated as as a personality that he doesn't need a body. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the the show's Bob is just basically a cardboard cutout of like a British butler. Yep. I think that I, I don't know whether this comes from Paul Blackthorne or the directors, and this is this is getting a little bit into negatives sure but my perfect idea of this is that it flips roles where bob is just very flowy and very like the way that he's he's seems like he's trying to portray himself on screen is just very out of touch very out of date but like very rooted in wherever he lived before you know before now and i expect harry dresden to kind of push him away to be the you guys to be the audience surrogate and say this is ridiculous. This is Chicago. This is like 2007. You you are ridiculous. But he doesn't really ever do that. The actor who plays Human Bob is Terrence Mann, who is a prolific actor of the Broadway stage, um, original Broadway of Le Mis, of Cats. He was he got an, a um, Tony for his portrayal of Beast and Beauty and the Beast. He's he's got chops, yeah. Um, which makes me think that like he doesn't have as much to play off of as as I would like, as probably he would like. Everything seems everyone seems like so cool and normal with the magic. Even the people that are like, he's a wizard. That's crazy. Like everyone's just like, yeah, wizards are with us. That's a thing that happens. It's cool. Like Bob to me represents the fact that like no, this is all really weird and strange and like out of touch with like what is going on in modern society today. I just wish they would play that up a little bit more. Um, I'll jump back for a second. One more positive thing that I think is that the dad is like a magician. Is the dad a magician? In, in the, the books, books absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's That was cool. There was a, a line that he has as when we first see him is that he's like, oh, Harry, what are you doing? I'm trying to work my ring finale, which in my head made me think he was a fighter or a boxer. Like, he was trying to work on that, like, ending punch that would, like, finish his, his time up in the ring. Yeah. Um, and then when I see him on the stage in Atlantic City, I was like, oh, he's he's like a nerdo. Like, I, like, I love that Harry's dad is a vanilla human magician. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. named him after four magicians. Yeah. I think the trope or of, three like... three magicians, I'm sorry. The, the trope of, like, um, 
nerdy kid who's like got special powers or into something unique having a very like aggressive machismo dad um like it, i'm very tired of that so like the fact that like he's into something that's like super unique and super niche was like was kind of refreshing too. yeah um the dialogue in this show is real bad there are some lines that like really ronnie talk about what you like yeah I'm, we're uh, still yeah. on what so, we like no no i know i know but there are some lines that really made me happy okay um, is what i'm saying gotcha um when he's trying to get the information out of the guy at the prison he's like so it's uh it's like a get out of death free card um i like to this line the, too the guy responds back if you need such an imbecile crutch to grasp the concept then yeah and it's like yes we don't need like it, it's these lines that that paul blackthorne continues to deliver that are like very explainy and like that was a, a nice moment of like yeah, only an idiot would need you to really draw it out in that way, but I guess we need to. Um, when he's uh, really trying to calm down his new uh, lycanthrope girlfriend, he's just like, you gotta stop, you gotta stop. And she's like, I can't. And, and he's like, you're not gonna bite me, you're not gonna bite me. And she goes very like, I don't know, I think I might. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, like, th- these are like accidentally like great lines, um, which is it shouldn't be like a positive of it. Does Harry dress in the book just like love spaghetti? No. No. Okay. He doesn't. It seems he doesn't cook at all in the book. Okay. He's a garbage person. It's only been in two episodes, um, but he has spaghetti for dinner and like calls out that it's just spaghetti uh, in the first episode, and then the third episode, there's some like great shots of him like chopping parsley and making a sauce from scratch, and it's like, I hope that's just like a common you know, theme throughout the rest of the series. It's just like him being really, really into perfecting his spaghetti recipe. Ronnie, Ronnie appreciates the uh, spaghetti shots, okay? I do. When when he was, like, even in the last show, when, like, when uh, Emmett Cole was getting the mangoes or when they were eating the food, the fruit, like, the paella, like, that's, mm, that paella that's the stuff that good. it jumps out to me when he's, when he's chopping that parsley. Like, it was all, like a zoomed-in shot of the parsley. Like, I thought the parsley was going to mean something later on. I've been I remember... watching too much of that... Uh, food youtube channel that we both got really oh. into yeah it's a uh, the vox family of of products eater especially the video series you can do this uh clifford endo is terrific in that cool love it i do remember that parsley chopping scene and i remember thinking like that's a fuckload of parsley like yeah. what's that oh, much yeah. parsley like that's what i'm saying he hasn't quite figured out how to make spaghetti really good but i feel like by the end of the season he's gonna he's gonna really what, what this is it? such a flimsy thing to love like oh yeah i love how he makes spaghetti <laughs> <laughs> am i allowed to just decapitate this show please yeah why don't you go first and then okay. we'll just I have pro- a lot we'll probably words. leave us we'll, with nothing we'll say to this. say we'll say this i feel like a lot of the issues that we're going to have are going to be issues that repeat themselves through the series so this is your chance for the next four episodes of ending penning to really eviscerate it okay if it like is real real bad later you can come back to it but like this any any other time for the next couple episodes it's like just listen to episode five sure let it all out andy okay um the entire first episode is fucking awful. It's so bad. I hate it so much. Everything about it is bad. Um, everything, everything. The bird people look bad. The the fact that in the first episode, Harry's dealing with a skinwalker uh, just kind of leaves it like there's really nowhere else to go because in the books, the skinwalker is like one of the most like hardcore monsters that Harry has faced to date. Uh, he doesn't fight one till Skin Game, which is like book 10 or something. So like that's, that's, that's 10 years of Harry learning and growing as a wizard till he was able to like fight one. And he fights him in the first fucking episode. Um, the special effects are real bad. Human Bob's the worst. I hate him so much. I hate him so much. It's awful. The actress playing Karen is not good and does not have chemistry with Harry. Uh, the kid is awful. Uh, also young Harry is like a sociopath. Yeah. Like all of the flashbacks with young Harry are just like, shit, like this kid's Voldemort. He has a very menacing vibe. Yeah. He's, he's real creepy. And, um, like Harry had some anger issues as a kid, but nothing like this kid. Oh my gosh. Um, I think again, like a really big issue is that there's, Outside of some of the characters' names, there's no callbacks to the books. So, like, 
Harry's car is different. Harry's apartment doesn't look anything right. He doesn't have a pet. Uh, in the books, he has a pet cat named Mr. Um, he doesn't go to Max Pub, which is like a, a great setting that they could have very easily done and would have served a purpose in the show. No one seems weirded out or surprised that there's a wizard. Um, that's the part that's really interesting to me. Yeah. Like, I, I, I've tried to figure out, like, is like he's got wizard on his door. There's no, like, statute of secrecy going on. Yeah. But, like, it, everyone's, like, pretty okay in, with what he's doing. In, in the books, like, he still calls himself a wizard, but everyone seems kind of weirded out by it. All of the magic lore is wrong and awkward, and there seems to be no consistency to, like, Harry's power levels in the show or what he can do and can't do. Another thing that I really miss about the books is kind of like how James Bond always gets new bat, uh, new gadgets with each movie. Uh, Dresden kind of like makes or acquires new magical um, gadgets each, each book. Um, and you know, if, if it's good or if it works, he'll keep it. So like he's had his, uh, kinetic ring for a while and then he gets more of them. He's got his blasting rod and his staff and he'll, he'll make new staffs and he's got his enchanted duster and shit like that. And there's just none of that. Like he's got a shield bracelet and that's it. And that is, uh, a shame to me. I think having him acquire some new gadgets every couple of episodes would have been cool. And, you know, to actually see him use magic would be neat. And I think the last thing I'm going to complain about is he doesn't have a gun. And uh, the fact that, like, Harry is a lazy asshole and will just Indiana Jones and pull out a gun sometimes rather than uh, cast a spell is delightful. And also there's a law against killing uh, humans with magic or other wizards with magic. And so Harry gets by that magical law by just shooting people. And it's, it's delightful. And it is, it is a shame that Harry doesn't have a gun in the TV show. Also, fuck this show. It sucks. <laughs> okay. Uh, Evan, you want to follow that up with uh, your failures? Yeah, I have a lot of the same complaints. My, um, one of my favorite things about the book series is like you Ronnie I'm uh very preoccupied with like the limitations of magic and like that that really makes good world building for me like rich world building if like like magic isn't like just a catch-all like a, oh yeah we can just do that because magic whatever it's not like a deus ex machina machina thing that you can just pull out whenever like boop magic it's fine and in the books, magic is really, really a grueling, uh, energy-intensive thing to do. And it's like the things that Harry can do are relatively unimpressive compared to other media in which wizards exist. Like he can do a fireball and he can kind of push stuff like with magic. And, you know, these are the things that he uses often, like very simple spells and they still take a lot of work to do all of the um all the potions take a ton of prep to do and they he, take he, a ton of ingredients that he has to spend hours like making stuff he needs crutches too like yeah. he, he needs his gadgets and stuff which make it easier for him to then work the stuff yeah so uh we see a lot less of that in the show we uh the magic in the show's like fairly lame it it and it's a shame because harry's magic is so limited in the books that from a special effects standpoint it would have been really easy to sort of roll that into the show like and use that as a storytelling element because you don't have to spend money like animating insane magical stuff or whatever like you just have to burst things into flames every now and then or something. But, um, yeah, so the limitations of magic being really strict is something that I missed a lot. Um, and the, the lore of the Dresden Files in terms of the creatures and the fellow magic users and things like that is very rich and I think very well thought out. And it harkens to 
other media, which I think people really appreciate Mm -hmm. in general out of modern fantasy is that you want a little taste of something you've heard of before, but you want it reimagined in a way that you're not familiar with. And the show really failed at that. Uh, In the first episode, we had bird people, which is not something I had ever heard of. It's not in the books at all. And then skinwalkers, which was in the books and was much better explained and much better linked to more familiar mythology in the books, but was just dropped into the show without any real... They give you an explanation of what a skinwalker is and what it can do, but they don't link it to anything that you as a viewer understand and are familiar with. Uh, Also, they tried really hard to uh, impart traditional masculinity onto Harry. Like, in the very first scene, he's, like, in bed with this blonde. (laughs) And, like... He keeps sleeping with people on the show. Yeah, he keeps keeps sleeping. And then that hot werewolf girl he got with briefly, they didn't, like, bang, but they, like, clearly had, like, a thing. And then his Jeep, his Jeep is much more rugged than, like, the gross, like volkswagen beetle that he drives around. another great thing about the books is that harry is a garbage person but he's not he's not a womanizing like ladies man he's not like sleeping around he's he doesn't drive a jeep yeah like he's not he's got zero machismo at all i did say that like at the beginning like i did say i didn't hate the show and yeah. i i mean that uh like i don't hate the show as its own entity completely separate from the books if as a comparison to the books it's terrible like it's it's a tragedy but uh like you ronnie had i known nothing at all about the books uh i i i would just watch this and be like oh this is this is moderately entertaining. This is something good mm-hmm. I can put on in the background and not pay too much attention to. And the bad special effects are kind of hilarious and the bad dialogue's yeah. kind of hilarious. But anyway. So the bad dialogue, I can I can get over that. Uh, one of the first things we're introduced to as the show kicks off is my favorite thing in the world, all the sarcasm that I can muster, narration. Um <laughs> Is is the are the books written from a first person perspective? Yes. Okay, so it makes at least it makes sense that like they carried that over, but it is the worst like exposition driven narration, the worst like cheesy like oh in my world you have to do certain things and when you're a wizard you have to it's, it was just it's less burn it's notice and more arrow season one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's so it's 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 terrible. Yeah. It um. Sucks. I I was I like have it in my notes like. Oh, okay. Narration, and then my second point: lots of exposition, and then a little further down, help me, I'm dead of exposition. <laughs> it's it's just like so, like even the flashbacks are like so heavy on the exposition. Um, the the conversations that he has with like human Bob in between his, um, his like trips, reinforce what we've already been told most times. Like in the in the werewolf episode. They didn't say the word werewolf once, but they explained exactly what lycanthropy was like three times. And it's like, you could just say werewolf like you want. You are like going above and beyond to make sure that like the audience understands exactly what's going on here without using like the common colloquial term for this that would help people like you're you're setting up these walls just so that you can like keep it within this fantasy. But you are still at the same time explaining everything to death. It's it's th- these episodes should be like half an hour max, but we have to explain everything away. Like the whole scene um, in the Evans lockup with the with the super horny lady who is just like really strangely has a lot of lines about like, oh, I wouldn't care if the person I'm dating was half dog, half man, as long as he had an ass like Brad Pitt. It's like that. What are you saying? No one talks like that. Comic relief. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It, like, like I wrote, like that. There's no humor in that scene. There's not any really like sexiness in that scene. There's no character growth. It's just like, here's the here's the the tablet that was in evidence lockup. Like, there's you could have gotten to that point so many other ways without doing it so clumsily. Uh, to that point, I don't really feel like Paul Blackthorne has chemistry with anybody on the screen. No, 
the chemistry between him and Murphy is like horrendous. I'm so so uninterested in her. She might be doing a good job, but I don't know. The only time I see her is when she's interacting with him. Um, it's it's it reminds me their relationship because it's a very this is a very common trope, but their relationship reminds me a little bit of uh, the relationship in Castle. Um, with because it's like, a, a, why is this guy even coming to the crime scenes? But like you're jumping right into there without knowing why he's getting the first invite to these crime scenes. Um, it, it's, it's, he, yeah, it's, it's just bad. The relationships can, are bad. He can, I he, go ahead. Can yeah. I have another complaint that goes off this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, as per the relationship with Dresden and Murphy in the second episode, Harry like just dives right in and does dark magic to save Murphy Right. And they, they make it seem like it's a big deal. Like, Bob is like, that's black magic. Like, you absolutely shouldn't do that. And Harry's like, it's for Murphy! And it's like, right. you haven't earned this show. Like, no. like you have not built up the relationship between Harry and Murphy at all in epi- like by episode two to have him using dark magic to save her. Like, this should be a season finale kind of thing, one. And then two, if you're having Harry do dark magic in the second episode... Like, where is there for him to go at this point? Like, right. He, he it, he's a bad dude. Then their relationship could not feel more like dry and platonic. Yet at the end of the second episode, she's basically gets like right up to the line of like confessing that she has feelings for Dresden. And it's it like it goes back to what I believe Evan was saying or, or Andy with the relationships with the women where like. Every single episode is like him kind of like a little too creepily getting close with somebody he's helping. Yep, he he a ladies man. This is what yeah, this yeah. is what they think the audience wants. <laughs> but again, there's no chemistry. Yeah. Like there's yeah. no there's I'm not interested in any of these relationships because like I can tell that Paul Blackthorne or Harry Dresden or whatever it is is not interested in these relationships. Like the dialogue being bad is funny until it's just like uncomfortable slash why are we watching this? What what does this have to do with the ongoing plot? It's funny because um, that almost harkens to Harry's actual relationship with women, but not on purpose. Like, he's yeah. actually really awkward around women. Like, he he's like, he thinks in his own head that he's being chivalrous, but he's actually, he's actually real bad at talking to women. Right. So... Uh, and, and the women in his life tell him. Yeah, and like, they're like... You, you are not good at this. You ain't slick, bud. And he's just like, <laughs> I also feel like there's there's a chance for this show to be like a magical mystery show, like like we like it's so simple the way that they're handling things that we should almost be able to guess what the next step is, um, and some of the solutions do seem like that, but Harry seems to like figure it out with the slightest bit of evidence, and so there's never an opportunity for you to kind of get ahead of Harry and be like. Oh, it must be this thing. As soon as you're like aware of what's happening, he's already. Of, of course, I know the solution. I'm moving on to the next thing, and you're like, wait, I'm still. Why? Why did we do this last scene? Why are we? Why were we here? Um, the what was I gonna say? Um, yeah, I just I I part of it. I feel like, and maybe like like you're saying, like his magic is limited in the show or in the books. Um, he just doesn't do any magic and i understand that's what it's like he's in the done book zero magic no in the right, book like, he does shit in, in this he he really hasn't right and it's just like even even if that's how it was in the book and it was built up to be this interesting way of like how he navigates between the human and the wizard world like i i'm not watching a show about someone who tries to be a human i'm trying to watch a show about a wizard like i want to see some magic like i know that um you were talking about like the limitations of magic and how long it takes to do things and it's like you understand why Harry Potter and, and, and Lord of the Rings and stuff like that doesn't do like, oh, well, now we have to wait an hour for the materials to work and then the spell can be cast. It's like that's not very interesting dramatically. There's like an inconsistency of like sometimes he can take an each an Egyptian cha- tablet and immediately fuse it into his chest mm-hmm. and that's fine. And sometimes, no, it's going to take a good hour and a half for this tracking spell to work, so we're going to have to wait a little. It's just like there's no consistency in this magical world which is immediately what makes me go okay there i'm not that the interested rules make no sense if there are exactly rules. and um, i don't think i don't think they bothered with rules 
Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From a very production aspect, um, and this is something that's common with older shows, um, you can tell that a lot of it is uh, ADR, where they're adding the, the voice after the fact. And there's some scenes where they're where him and Murphy are yelling, where it's just like they did a really bad job of dubbing over them. Um, and that's 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 I mean, that that's my that's my like back scenes kind of thing. But it's like another thing that makes it just hard to watch. I can't say I noticed that, but I have this strange feeling that now I will not be able to unnotice. It. Yeah, I'm sorry I ruined it for you. <laughs> yeah, for, I'm sorry. Yeah, for all of our listeners, they're now the dress and files are ruined because they'll just notice it. It's like it happens a lot. You'll pay attention to it now. It happens a lot in the police station, which almost makes me think that like they couldn't be loud in the police station. Like they were like renting the space and there was someone like right next door that like was an actual business um, that they had to like whisper their lines. And so they had to dub everything over top of it. Um, So, I mean, we could all go on. I know we could all go on for days and days and days about what is failing about this show. Um, and we can burn right through this portion right here. Evan, Evan, is is this show working for you? Um, I don't think it's any worse than, like, say, Supernatural was. I think it, if taken separately from the books, it could be its own. I, mediocre investigation magic show, um... So I, I don't think it's failed quite yet, but I don't think it's great. It ain't great. It's not off to a great start. Andy. Yeah. It, <laughs> is it working? No, 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 <laughs> no, no. And and again, I don't want it to be exactly like the books. I, I like I get that when you take a book to a movie or a television show or a video game medium or a comic book medium, you got to change shit. Like, I get that. I'm cool with that. You're allowed to change things. They changed the wrong shit. But it's such a bastardization of the source material. Like, it's so bad. I basically think what happened was they had written, like, their shitty magic detective show. It was meant to be a movie. Did you know this? They wrote a script for a movie, and that's what uh, they hired Paul Blackthorne for. And then there was some kind of scheduling conflict or some other movie that too many people were involved with, and they just, like, swapped it to a TV show. So I think it was written fairly hastily. There was a movie made. I read about this. There was a movie made, and it was aired, like, once. But, like, there you can't find it at Stormfront, I guess. Is that one of the That's novels? the first book. That's Yeah, okay. it's listed as the pilot, like, episode zero. I saw this on IMDb and was real curious right. about, like, did so I So they made something? a TV movie based off Stormfront, Stormfront and yeah. then that is the pilot to this? Yeah, but that was not yeah, aired like, as part of the it. series. I want to watch it. Uh, and I, Ronnie, I, it didn't come with the with the hard DVD. It it did not, and yeah. it, it even says on Wikipedia that the the hard copy DVD does not include uh, the two hour Stormfront. I wonder movie. if Jim Butcher hated it so much, like Lucas hated the um, the holiday special that he just like buried it. Anywho, yeah, this this show is shit. Don't watch it. Just read the books. Get the get the uh, get Audible and just. Listen to James Marsters narrate it. It's brilliant. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Uh, is it working for you? Um, not yet. I'm going to keep watching it. And, like, of course I'm going to keep watching it because, like, we're dedicated to it for the show. <laughs> Let's say this. And Andy is, this is, this is, it's been nice doing this podcast with you because at this point Andy will completely remove me from it. If I was watching it independent of this podcast, I would be more likely to continue Dresden Files after these three episodes than I would have considered continued the river after the first two episodes we watched of the river wow. yeah i i'm willing to give this a chance and i've been very upfront about it because wizards i was gonna and say like this is a great final episode because there's no way i can watch more of this garbage television show <laughs> um but like now i'm definitely thinking this should be our final episode yeah we just we just this ended just here the end of our um, podcast we do not have any new reviews this week that's heartbreaking so that's sad but we've got like i think something better oh um so i've been pretty active on the ending petty ending pending twitter account you have you you've been all, killing it dude you should all follow us uh at pending pod on twitter um i tweeted out a thank you to the cast of the river 
just saying like, you know, this was a fun thing for us to break down. We had a lot of ups and downs on, on how we felt about it. Um, but thank you for making it. And I um, mentioned a lot of the actors, Paul Blackthorne, Leslie Hope, uh, Daniel Zacapa, uh, Paula Gat- Gatane, Scott Michael Foster, Eloise Mumford. Our boy Bruce. Do you get Bruce? Uh, Bruce Greenwood does not have a Twitter, Fuck. which is so Bruce Greenwood. Yeah. And we got a like from Mr. Paul Blackthorne himself. We're endorsed by Paul Blackthorne. Yeah, we, we are. Paul Blackthorne's tw- the patron saint of ending pending. Yeah, at this point. I, yeah. Well, I tweeted earlier that like it's when you're like when dad notices what you're doing and approves. Like I yeah. think Paul Blackthorne Senpai is has just, noticed. Like, the dad of our podcast. We're going to go like save all the rhinos dad. with him. I, yeah, oh, he, he's, he's active with that. Yeah, it's great. He's doing um, good stuff. And that was pretty cool. Like, it doesn't take much to send a like to somebody, but it, it you know, mm-hmm. it's nice. Yeah. Uh, but today, I uh, woke up to a tweet. Leslie Hope, who played Tess, quoted that tweet and said, The River ABC was one of my fave acting gigs ever. Oh, my oh. goodness. Mom noticed I know, us, like, too. Oh. I know. That's... I... That's great, and she 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 did a bang up job on the river. So that's really cool I, that she. I'm kind of mad that we didn't talk about it more, but like she did. Like, I, I had some issues with her and Lincoln's like chemistry that first episode, but she really kind of like took charge. And in the horror genre, to have like a take charge lady, like that, that's, that's not very common. Yeah. And it was cool to see that to the, see that start up. Um, but yeah, our our official mom and dad of the podcast, Paul Blackthorne and uh, and Leslie Hope, they noticed us and they let us know on Twitter. That's awesome. And uh, I guess I so, should so that's... like our page on Twitter. Yeah, you should. Yeah, babe. you maybe. <laughs> um, so if nothing else, like this has like energized me to go in on Twitter like even more so. Yeah. Uh, so watch out for that. Definitely follow us on Twitter. Maybe maybe um, don't tweet at like all the actors that we are going to rip to shreds on the Dresden no. files. But no. again, I'll keep saying Paul Blackburn is doing a great job. Yeah. Uh, he is yeah. he is easily the like shining he's carrying the shining show moment in yeah. this show is that like he's yeah. a really great actor and he he fits the role. It's just a shame he um got the part in such a garbage retelling. Yeah. And Terrence Mann as human Bob is really good too. I think we can all agree on that. Okay. Let's move on to the next <laughs> subject. Um, also, I wanted to mention uh, this week on enter the cage, a podcast about yeah. the uh, illustrious career of Nicholas cage. Andy and I were on the most recent episode talking about national treasure two, uh, which is a follow up to national treasure one, one of me and Andy's favorite movies. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And we're going to try and have them on our podcast very soon. Uh, so you can check that out at enterthecagepod.com. It was a great time. I was excited about the Twitter stuff. So you can tweet us at us at PendingPod on Twitter. Find us on Facebook at EndingPending. Or email us, PendingPod at gmail.com. We would love to have more of those iTunes reviews. That helps us so much. We're still going to keep on complimenting you guys and add you to our to our holiday card list we're very excited about that coming up so that is all for today's episode of ending pending you know i was thinking that because of how terrible dresden files is what if we just didn't finish it and we 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 did firefly instead oh did you not like get the memo i sent a memo to the entire pending pod but we are in fact never doing firefly